Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just going to say this morning, it's just such a sweet presence of the Lord. And um, I know it can be a little uncomfortable when things get a little crazy, a little bit. But just let everybody be the way they are. Let God move the way he moves. And just kind of let go of all of that and, and just kind of say, you know what? Maybe church services are supposed to be a little bit more supernatural than controlled and sticking to the plan and it's okay I just want you all to know and I don't know who that's for but just kind of let things flow you know here at Faith Builders Church we want everybody to um, experience God in a way that is touching them moving them inspiring them and sometimes you think man that's so different than the way I would do it or whatever just kind of let all that go. Just let God be God. Okay? Well, awesome. Um, I have a message. Thank you, Pastor Barb, for giving me this opportunity this morning. I want to go through the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit with you this morning because um, it's important that we understand there's a, another way to live our life that maybe you've never experienced before. You've heard of the supernatural You've, you've maybe witnessed the supernatural, but then you're wondering what work and you know, what does that mean and how come they're doing it this way? I think it's just if we all want to walk uh, in the light that we're called to, we're going to have to understand the supernatural realm because otherwise you're just walking with the lights on rather than <laughs> walking in the, in the light. And that's okay too. But I definitely uh, feel strongly this morning that God wants us to go through these nine gifts. Uh, these gifts are available severally as God would will. And uh, you can, I, I, my favorite scripture used to be when I first got born again, it said, desire the best gifts. And, I, and, and God gave me a revelation on that. I said, well, which one's the best? He says, it's the one that's needed at the time that it's needed. <laughs> And so I want you guys to feel that. I want you guys to experience that. And so I'm going to open uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 7 through 11. And this is really where you can go to read about these gifts. And we're going to have some other scriptures along the way this morning as well. But it says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Okay, you've got to really let that set in because the rest of this isn't going to matter if it's all about an ego or if it's all about, you know, I'm the hero in this situation and I always want to be that person and all that stuff. And it's great. You know, when you see these gifts in operation, they are spectacular and it is something to admire about someone who's, who, who does that. But it's also something we have to understand. It's not something for ourselves. It's something that we're going to contribute to others. Now, these gifts can be applied to yourself, absolutely. And that is the absolute best place to start with these gifts. Start with yourself, start with your household, and then let, get used to this, you know, and, and start to work these things. But number one, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. To the same Spirit gives great faith to another. 
and to someone else, the one spirit. And so that's an interesting part right there because it's not a spiritual thing. It is a Holy Spirit thing. You've got to grab a hold of that because you've got to remember at some point in your life, you were lost and without grace and without Christ, okay? And yet God still chooses to share these gifts with us. But he's not going to let us get flaky. He's not going to let us get weird. We don't need to cast demons out of door, doorknobs and, you know, all the crazy stuff that can happen. You know, I, I'm just saying there, there's, there's some... There's application to this thing, but we have to understand that it has to be uh, governed by the Spirit of God. How many people know I could have come up here and spoke any message I wanted? I could have just wrote one and come up here. But instead, God said to me, I want you to teach on the nine gifts of the Spirit. Oh, okay, well, that's easy. I was looking for something more deep or more complicated than this and so on. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I understand that my gift operates based on the Spirit of God, not based on what I want, not based on my desires, not based on I want to be the hero and I want to be, you know, the best Sunday ever. None of that. None of that. I just want to know that God's in it. So the same Spirit gives great faith, right, and gives uh, the gift of healing. He gives another person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy, and he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit, right? Still another person uh, is given the ability to speak in unknown tongue and languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts he alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, now there's a big difference between should and has. You've got to desire the gifts. You've got to, and we're going to break all these down. You're like, well, which ones were the nine? And all, We're going to break it all down. It's going to be really simple. But that is the main scripture that outlines all nine of the gifts. They all operate uh, by the Spirit of God, and they are all there to build or to edify the body of Christ. Now, every part of these gifts has to be administered in God's way, so that means it has to align with God's Word. God's word in and of itself needed all of these gifts to actually manifest, to actually be written the way they are. So you've got to understand that, that not only does the word of God affirm what these are, but you have to also understand that what it took to write the word of God took all nine of these gifts to do it. And we're going to go through these scriptures this morning so you can gain a better understanding how one bears witness with the other. And you can't have the Word of God without the gifts of God. You can't have the gifts of God without the Word of God. And so these things are working together. And what you have to understand is these gifts are God's glory working through you. A horrible, rotten, worthless sinner, right, at once upon a time, is now the vessel of God 
and God chooses the gifts that he wants to put into you. Well, I don't know if that applies to me. No, listen, again, the word has to bear witness with the gifts, and the gifts have to bear witness with the word. Otherwise, what are we doing? We're just coming together to clap our hands and, you know, do different things and preach the word. And, you know, all of those things will happen, but for what purpose will they happen? How do those things get manifested, not only the way God would want them, but in a way that is helpful for others? And this is how the Spirit of God works. I'm telling you, there's a glory cloud right in this room right now. It is so true. And, uh, Very cool to see what's happening right now. So there's nine distinct gifts of the Spirit. So the first one is the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. Have you ever, like, not known what to do about a situation? And it's like you're looking up on YouTube, man. You've got Google working for you. You're looking in the Bible. I mean, it's like I can't find the answer I'm looking for. I'm missing something here that's so key to taking me from where I am to where God wants me to be. And you're, you're lacking something. Well, wouldn't it be incredible for someone to come into your life and speak a word of wisdom to your life? Something that would be so uh, earth-shattering to the, the way you think and, and what you knew and how you related where you are to your past rather than where someone has already been where you're trying to go, and all of a sudden that person takes the time discerned by God, which we're going to get into that, but discerned by God to say, I need to speak the special word of wisdom to this person. Now, some of this gets weird. It does. Because we have this tendency to want to formalize everything. Well, I have a word of wisdom for you. Praise the Lord. And and, and it can happen that way. Trust me, I, I, I understand the traditional things, and I understand just walking in it, too. I understand those things in between. But for me, how I operate, and it wouldn't matter which gift this is, I don't need a microphone. I don't need to say, thus says the Lord. I don't, I don't need to say any of those things. God gives me something to speak into someone's heart. I can naturally conversate with that person, speak it, direct that conversation where it could go, and then it would give me the opportunity to share it in the most plain uh, way possible. And I can't tell you the number of times, word of wisdom, word of knowledge we're going to get into, people, I've just walked away and thought, well, maybe they got it, maybe they didn't. And even sometimes, I didn't know that I was operating the gift, and I was, and all of a sudden, like eight months later, some have come, Man, you remember that time you told me X, Y, and Z and blah, blah, blah? No, I do not. Don't have an idea what you're even talking about. Well, I was really going through this and that and the other and blah, blah, blah. And you said this. And man, it just changed everything. And it's like, okay, great. But you see how that can work without the the formality of it? Like you have to be in a church building or in a church parking lot. Be careful of church parking lot, words of wisdom. Just, just be careful. I'm telling you. And, and listen, at the end of the day, if you receive a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, we're going to go into all these. But if you receive one of those and it doesn't bear witness with your spirit, guess what? I receive it, but you know what? Until God reveals that to me, 
I'm going to keep that where it's at, and it's okay. I shared with Lonnie yesterday, <laughs> he, he calls uh, uh, Glenn, well, Glenn Miller, Prophet Glenn Miller. I'm sharing a testimony with him on how he prophesied over Jennifer and I, and he, he made this statement. This is back in the Bloy Church. He made the statement, you're going to be uprooted and all this stuff, and I'm going, oh, no, my bishop is sitting right here. That does not bear witness with my spirit whatsoever. That is insane. And we listened to this tape dozens of times. I mean, what was it, like 20-some-minute long prophecy over our lives? I mean, this whole long deal. And we're, we're like, I don't know what any of this means. This is so far out there. Like, we trust uh, Prophet Miller. We know the fruit of his ministry. But at the same time, we're like, we don't know what to do with this. So the tape, praise the Lord, it's this little thing with two holes in it. And these tape things got put off to the side, Right. So we get challenged to move to Phoenix, Arizona, and we decide to do that through a whole series of things I won't go into right now. Jennifer, Pastor Jennifer, is going through our stuff because we're moving here, and I'm already here. And she goes, oh, my goodness, well, I found that Glenn Miller tape, and every single detail of what he prophesied happened exactly the way it is. I'll tell you, you know, when you're making a big life transition like that, leaving your family, leaving everything you know to come out here for people you don't even know, and welcome to Faith Builders Church, by the way. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, wow, what a level of confidence that that can bring to you in a time where you're going through a lot of questioning about where in the world is God taking us, and is this God, or did we eat bad pizza? You know? So word of wisdom, Ephesians 3:10 says this. God's purpose is in all it, 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 God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. I mean, the wisdom that God has that he can use you to deliver to another person is so much variety in that thing, so much diversity in that thing. And not only can it apply to us here, but it'll apply to the heavenly hosts and everything. I mean, you got to realize God was there when the foundations of the earth were formed, man. He knows it all. He knows it from the beginning to the end. And he wants to use us as the body of Christ to operate in words of wisdom. Luke 18, 16 through 17 says, Then Jesus called for the children and to the disciples. He said, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these little children. Oh, how toxic we get as we get older. And all of the experiences that rob us from walking in the gift of wisdom or the other eight gifts in addition to that. It's like, well, if I say this, then that. But in the, at the same time, you have this incredible conviction in your heart to act on something. And, you know, if I'm going to give a what you call a formal word to somebody, meaning it's in a public place or things like that, I'm going to... I'm going to preface that with, before I, I speak what I'm about to speak to you, if this does not bear witness with your spirit, you just walk away from it. Just walk away. Because I don't have an ego to stroke, guys. 
I just don't, I don't, I, I would prefer not to have to put myself at risk to tell somebody something that could be wrong. Because at the end of the day, prophecies are going to fail. They're going to cease, and we're going to cover that later. Even the things that we prophesy, even those things are going to seem like foolishness when we enter the presence of God once and for all. I'm telling you. But we got to get by. You know, the Bible says that we see things dimly. You know, we, we see things, but it's like you can't get the full picture all the time. But the more you operate in these gifts, the better it will become. And in verse 17 there, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. That is a word of wisdom spoken by Jesus to that group of people and to us today. There is more wisdom in that truth right there. Than, that, that, I mean, it, it will blow your mind to think, well, man, I do kind of have to unpickle this pickle a little bit. Like, <laughs> I've become too much this way or too much that way, and i got to just be more like a child. You know, a child hears something from God. They're not afraid to come up and tell somebody, oh, I had a dream last night, Pastor Bar, and oh, I saw this thing. You know, and a child to come and do that is like so natural. They don't say, well, thus says the Lord, and, you know, <laughs> walk around with stiff legs like this. And, you know, it, you don't need to do all that stuff. You just don't. That's just added stuff. It's fine. I'm not criticizing it. But I am saying that we have to be more childlike in our faith to believe that I can receive the nine gifts of the Spirit. I can receive the, the, the gift that I need at the time that I need it, whether that's flowing from someone else or that to me or me to someone else or a group of people flowing in that same exact gift. It's amazing when you operate this way. But it has to start with a very strong desire to say, I want to bear witness not only with the Word of God, but also with the gifts of the Spirit, so that as I receive the Word, I can demonstrate the Word in power, not me, but God in His will. And there's nothing greater that you could ever do than to be obedient to God. It's not even about the miracle. The miracle is going to be great and the whole thing, but you have a right to deny operating in that gift. You have the right to operate in that gift. You have the opportunity to do a lot of different things, but the question is, can you see yourself this way? The body of Christ is not going to grow the way it needs to until we all grow and demonstrate the power of God. Proverbs 4, 4 through 9 says, My father taught me, take my words to heart, follow my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. Now, we're not talking about earthly wisdom here. We're talking about supernatural wisdom. 
And if you'll learn to walk in that and to desire, God, I want wisdom in my life. God, I want, and it doesn't even have to be in anything in particular. God, give me wisdom. I prize wisdom. I prize the gift of wisdom, wise words to be spoken over my life, wise words to be received into my life. And again, you don't have to wait for the thus says the Lord. When it happens, it happens. Be ready in season, out of season, ready to grow, ready to develop yourself and who you are. Become wise. And you think, well, I'm so young. Don't worry about your age. Don't worry about your age. You can be wise beyond your years because you think the thoughts that God thinks. Yeah. Take all those limitations off of yourself. No matter how many people in your life have called you dumb or stupid or you're never going to amount to anything and all the crazy stuff. No, God honors his word every single time. If you knock at that door, guess what's going to happen? Wisdom, the door of wisdom is going to open in your life. And you're going to have to learn to trust that because when wisdom comes, you're also going to have to have the ability to, to walk in that wisdom. And that's a flip of the script from how you're living your life now. So it, it, all of these things, but when that word of wisdom comes, trust me in this, it just comes and it, it like just, it, it settles in you. It settles. And there's going to be times in your life where you and maybe have already occurred, you've received that word of wisdom and you walked in that word of wisdom and what used to seem like an impossible thing to think about is now like you couldn't talk me out of it. Couldn't, nope, <laughs> been there, done, done that. I know exactly where I'm at and I know exactly what God has given to me. And you start to build on that, and you start to grow in this. So let people, seasoned people of God, speak into your life. Let them speak into your life. It's amazing what you can learn. So the next one is called a word of knowledge. And this is a supernatural insight to bring understanding, where understanding is completely lost. It's to know something that otherwise could not have been known and be able to speak something to someone. You know, I was praying for you the other day. See how natural that is? See? I was praying for you the other day, and you know what? You came on my heart, and you know what? I, I, just, wanna, I just wanted to tell you, God is, he really loves you, and he, he really has his eyes on you, and he, he really wants to do something great. I don't know why I'm telling you this. It's just This is what came upon me, and I, the opportunity is here right now. See how it's edifying. See how there's no judgment in this thing. See how, you see what I'm saying? It's got to be helpful. If something comes to you and it's not helpful, you really need to seek a pastor. You need to seek somebody in authority to say, I received this and I don't know what to do with it. Let us discern it. Let us help you with that. Don't just run with something bad like that. Uh, that's just not healthy and it, it could be very detrimental to someone. Have you ever had somebody that you don't look up to tell you something versus someone that you did look up to to tell you the same thing? And it's much easier to receive from the person you look up to than this other person? Yeah. So just. Make sure that you're looking at all of these things. It's not that God didn't speak it to your heart. It's just how does this need to happen? Where do I need to take this so that it can do the best to help build and edify the body of Christ? So Proverbs uh, 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. 
Seek his will in everything you do, and he will show you which path you need to take. And things just get way simpler, guys, way simpler. Because when you're looking at I can do everything, and it can get narrowed down to know you can do this one thing, it's like, oh, thank God. You know, like, I didn't want to waste the next, you know, two years of my life going down some path that's leading me to nowhere. And you can receive that understanding. You can receive it in your prayer time. Remember, you can operate in these gifts for yourself, and you can operate in these gifts for others. But also depend on God to bring understanding to you. You're here at church. You should be taking notes. You should, I mean, I take notes every single service. My notes that I take, I make available to all of you. If you go on YouTube, you'll see every note that I took. Every single one. So be ready to, to receive what it is that God has for you. In season and out of season. Amen? John 14, 13 through 18, it says, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And the woman says, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. He says, go and get your husband. Now, this is a word of knowledge. He said, go get your husband. Jesus told her, well, I don't have a husband. Okay. Uh, the woman replied to Jesus, well, you're right. You don't have one husband, for you've had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. And her response was, certainly, you have spoken the truth. That is a word of knowledge. He, he was operating in that gift right there. He didn't know this woman from anybody else. And he literally gives her a word of knowledge. And she's walking away understanding the parable far better than she ever could. And is completely changed going that into her life forward. Now, there's no re recording of them coming back together to check in to see how things worked out with the other four husbands or the one she was with. I don't know what happened. But praise the Lord, God does. And, and that's a great example of when you speak a word to somebody, a word of knowledge, you don't necessarily have to know how that impacted them and what the miracle was. If they share that with you, wonderful. If they don't, just keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. Things are getting better and better and better. And when things get better gradually over time, you don't really kind of notice the difference. But when you come into a faith builder's church like this and you experience where we're at, it's like, whoa, this is the best church I've ever been. Like, wow, you guys really know God. Like, this is a real deal here. Wow. It's because of that gradual working of the gifts of the Spirit and allowing that to build the body of Christ, to edify the body of Christ, to make it better in every possible way. The next gift is the gift of faith. And you think, well, I already have faith. You don't have the gift of faith. The gift of faith is like when you know something that's like nobody could even convince me any other way. Well, that seems impossible, Pastor Paul. I mean, come on. You, you've got to come up with a better idea than that. Oh, no, I don't. No, that's the exact idea right there. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. 
And that's a different level. And, and it's just, I, we've had different dispensations in our lives about that. We've had dispensations of this, like over this, this congregation and over this church and, and so on and so forth. Like, well, no, we know exactly what to do. And we're going to stay that course. That's what we're going to do. And it's amazing what God gets to do. It's, it's a faith that goes beyond your own natural faith. And it'll always come with a sense of knowing something. Knowing something. Something that nobody told you. Something, But you've, you've received something from God and you know that you're going through that thing exactly this way. Hebrews 11, 1-6 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. You looking for a good reputation? Have faith in God. By faith, because, listen, all the other million things you could be doing, you got the right to do. But if you have faith, and the kind of faith that I'm talking about, you're going you're gonna to avert so many pitfalls and so many difficulties and Different things get to happen as a result of this thing going from that thing. It, it's an amazing, amazing thing. It says it becomes fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this. Oh, we're down the next one. Sorry. Faith, uh, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through our faith, the people of, of, in the days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that, that, that what we see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a, a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And I want to pause right here for just a second because if you want to become a righteous man or a righteous woman of God, you're going to have to have the Word of God and you're going to have the gifts of the Spirit in operation in your life. You're not righteous like the world says you're righteous. You're not a hypocrite anymore or whatever that means. It means that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, a brand new creation in Him, and therefore you you must act in the gifts of the Spirit to, be, to, to maintain a level of righteousness that brings honor to God. You're not here just to, to, to be here and to fill a spot and to work a job and you know, come to just go to church. Man, you're here because the Spirit of God wants to operate through you. He wants, to, he wants heaven to collide with earth through you. The kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. That happens through us, the body of Christ. So if you want to talk about righteousness, you've got to talk about the Word of God, and you've got to talk about the ability to perform the Word of God and to be the vessel of God's glory. It's good stuff. Um, it was by faith Enoch was taken up into heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And I'm telling you, 
This is stuff that just can rearrange your way of thinking, get you snapped out of, okay, well, I have to live a regular life, but you don't necessarily have to do that in two different lives. People that you work with should know that you're a Christian and know that you want to minister to them. And again, you don't need to make it weird for them. You don't need to be really condemning with the whole thing. You're natural in your approach. You are ready in season and out. You walk into that office. You have a word of the Lord for someone. You wait patiently for the opportunity to demonstrate that word to them, not rushing in and, oh, the first chance I get, and I'm going to corner her in the corner and tell her exactly what God told me. That freaks people out, man. It freaked me out. I just want you to know you can really operate in these gifts in a very natural way. You don't have to be this person at church and this person in the world. And you don't need to be religious out there and you don't need to be religious in here. Kind of like how you pray, right? You don't have to pray, well, praise the Lord, hallelujah, you know, and get into this whole formal thing no, you shouldn't be a different person with God than you truly are. Just talk to him like you talk to me or talk to your spouse or talk to anybody else. Be one person under God with the word of God and with the gifts manifesting in your life. It just becomes so natural if you let it. It says, uh, next one is, is healing. Um, we operating the gifts of healing, um, but again, that should not just be here at church. So how about the recovery of the sight of, of the blind? Would that be a healing? Absolutely. Would it also be a miracle? Yes, it would. Could it also come with a word of knowledge? Yes, it could. You see how natural it is? It's like we're bumping from one to the next to the next, and we don't even hardly know it, but that's exactly how I think it should be. I should, I should not have to be thinking my way through this. I should just allow the Spirit of God to do what the Spirit of God wants to do, not make it weird, not make it uncomfortable in any way, and just very, very natural. So good. And it, it just it, 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 it creates a whole new dynamic for your life. And life becomes a lot simpler when you do this because you're not trying to be this person here and then that person then the other place and then this person over here and then you forgot who you're supposed to be over here and then that thing happened and then, oh my goodness. Just live one life, praise the Lord. If you make a mistake, you know, somebody doesn't get healed. I think that's a big reason people don't pray for the sick. Well, what if they don't get healed? You're not healing them. What in the world are you talking about? The Bible says lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's what the Bible says. So what do I do as a willing vessel? Oh, I lay my hand on someone and I pray for them that they would be healed. It's not up to me to save them. I can't save anybody. I can tell them about the gospel, but I can't save them. I can pray, put my hands on them and I can, I can pray over them, but, but I, I can't heal them. I can receive a word of knowledge or receive a word of wisdom for someone, and I can declare it as such, but it doesn't mean that that person's going to take that and run with it. It doesn't even mean that what I said was, was, was and I'll say it this way, and it's okay. It doesn't even mean that that should have been spoken to that person. You ever been in that situation? 
God reveals something to you about someone, and he really wanted you to just continue to take it to prayer. <laughs> but then you just, of course, wanted to be the hero. Yeah. Forgive, guys. Forgive. Just let all that stuff go. If someone, some, somebody prayed for you and you didn't get healed, praise the God. Just go right back to God. God, they honored me and you by doing that for me. And I'm going to carry this now. I'm going to run with this. You see what I'm saying? Like you don't have to get upset if somebody says something and it just didn't fit and it wasn't the right time and all that kind of stuff. Give them a break, guys. Just give them a break. I mean, what would have happened if I had received that word from Glenn Miller and just said, well, I just can't do this anymore? That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. You got to be discerned. You got to know that God will do what God is going to do, and you just need to be the willing vessel to go along with it. Acts 5.15, as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by so that they could be healed. Like, there's no formality in that, guys. Guys just walking through a crowd. People are getting healed. Mark 9, 38, 41, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons. We told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. <laughs> Careful. Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. Anyone uh, gives you a, even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. So there's rewards to come with this. You know, when you're ministering to people, you have this incredible opportunity for miracles to occur, but just because someone else over here got their miracle or someone over here is a better miracle worker than you, Get rid of all that stuff. Just let it all go. Just be the willing vessel, right? Let God work through you. Let it be natural as you possibly can. The next one is the gift of miracles. So these are events that occur that are not otherwise possible without the gift, okay? So in Acts 5.12, it says, the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. In John 6, uh, 10 through 13, it says, Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on grassy slopes. So this is a perfect example of what a miracle is. Then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. Everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples. Now gather the leftovers, 5,000 people. Now go get the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 more baskets with scraps left by people who had eaten from the five loaves of barley. That is a demonstration of an actual miracle. The parting of the Red Sea, an absolute miracle impossible situation, the sea parts. 
They, miracles don't need to be that dynamic. Miracles actually happen every single day, and you've got to be reminded of that. And if miracles are happening every day, a lot of those miracles are spontaneous. A lot of those miracles, ha- well, not a lot. Actually, all miracles are spontaneous because they happen in the moment that they happen. And those, those spontaneous miracles are available for every single person, believer and non-believer. So always being ready to accept the idea that God can do a miracle through my life. Another perfect example of a miracle is Paul and Silas were freed from the prison. The, I mean, the foundation shook, the gate plopped open. You know, I mean, they were able to leave that place. That's an absolute miracle. We had a miracle yesterday. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. But we ended up on our fishing trip losing the, uh, the, the cooler. I had it on a little platform behind my truck. It was strapped down. It was, I mean, all the way down. Somehow the cooler got out of the net that was, it was, it was wrapped over the top of it. And not only did the cooler get off of the, the back of the, that thing, but all of the food somehow was left exactly on the grate. Yeah, I know, Meg. It was insane. And I'm going, how? In the, and, and this trip was the worst trip of all time. All you guys who didn't go this year, praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank God we knew how to take dominion over the birds of the air and the fishes and everything because if something could have went wrong, it did. But you know what? Every single thing that went wrong yesterday, and there was a lot, I've never seen how a cooler could empty itself and the food be sitting exactly where the cooler was, stacked, and the ice, all stacked right there, wasn't it? (laughs) All I can tell you is that had to have been a miracle because if we didn't have that food, trust me, we didn't catch any fish either. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Oh, we caught five total. You caught four and I caught one. And mine was like, like this big. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It was, it was huge. Huge. We probably could have ate on that fish for, what, a week out there, probably. But I have no other way to explain how in the world that food could have flipped out of that container. The container was gone, and it's sitting there perfectly on the back of that little thing. So I don't know if that qualifies or not, but it did to me. Uh, next one is prophecy. So uh, prophecy, right? Uh, Mark 9, 30 to 32. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no greater prophecy than the Word of God. If I'm reading something from the Word of God or you're reading something or quoting something from the Word of God, there is no greater prophecy that you could ever do. So Mark 9, 30 to 32 it says, Leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee, Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was there. See, sometimes you don't want everybody to know you're there either. Just leave me alone. Even Jesus felt that one. It says, For he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be uh, betrayed. So here he is prophesying. 
to his, his, his disciples. Son of man's going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. They did not understand what in the world he was talking about. However, they were afraid to ask him what it meant. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Just ask. Somebody gives you a word, just get clear on where they're coming from. For me, I want to get clear on exactly where you're coming from. It's not to, to, to discount what you're saying, but I want to get a deeper understanding where that word is coming from. What is your heart when you speak that to me? Because sometimes you can get a little mixed up, and that's okay. It's okay. I get mixed up. You get mixed up. We all get mixed up. But the, the, the beautiful thing is, is all the other beautiful things that got to occur naturally by operating the gifts and desiring the gifts. All those other things not happening if we don't act in that way. So don't get so hyper-focused on what didn't work for you and receiving for someone or, or, or you, you, know, you receiving or, or vice versa. Don't, don't get hung up on all that stuff. Just operate in love. Because even if the person, you know, uh, prophesies something and it's not accurate, so what? So what? It's okay. It's still okay. Remember, the number one rule, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Not condemn each other, not hurt each other, not, oh, he told me this and it never happened. or it Just walk and understand that we're all working together as closely as we can to manifest God's will in our lives. Amen? 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every single good work. This is what the Word of God is for. This is the prophecy of all prophecies. If you're looking for another prophecy and you're not in the Word of God, eh, that's a tough spot. Get in the Word of God. You'd be amazed to see what God can tell you. Amen? Through His Word. Next one is discernment. 1 John 4, 1 through 3. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. Okay? So discernment is just, you know, you're, you're testing the spirits is what you're doing. And it's got to line up with the Word of God. You must test them to see if the spirit uh, they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know that uh, if, the, if the Spirit of God, here's how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person uh, claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and doesn't uh, acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world, and it indeed is already here. Okay? So all that's really saying there is, is if, 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 if someone is speaking into your life, you have the ability to have discernment, and your number one way to know whether, whether that person is speaking from God or from somewhere else is to make sure what they're speaking to you lines up with the Word of God. That's the only way you could judge a prophecy anyway. 
And it's not that you're judging the person because, again, it outlines very clearly here that there is an, a spirit of antichrist. That's all, that, the, and there's a distinction between the antichrist and the person. And so you have an opportunity, again, in that, in that moment to go back to the opening scripture. And it's a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can each grow together, not judge the person judge the spirit that that person is operating from, not necessarily to that person. Jesus was also tempted by the devil, wasn't he? And he was discerned to know that. And he used the word of God to overcome the devil and his tactics to try to get him to do something he wasn't supposed to do. Tongues and interpretation of tongues, right? So this can be uh, confusing for people. This can be something that people feel uncomfortable with. But what I would say to you is this. As much as the Bible says you're saved and you're going to go to heaven if you ask Jesus into your heart and, and he's faithful to forgive you of all your sins, it also, if you read and, and really study, I would say, you need to study 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Because this is going to go through everything you need to know as it relates to tongues. But let me read a part of this. It says, let love be your highest goal. Kind of sounds like we need to help each other, right? Because <laughs> love is shared. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For you have the ability to speak in tongues. You will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. So you, God will give you a heavenly language, okay? And you're not praying your will when you're praying in the Holy Spirit. You're praying God's will. God hears you. God knows exactly what you're saying. Um, it says you'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious to you. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. So if you're going to prophesy, strengthen, encourage, and comfort. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. This is, this is a heavy, heavy word. You're talking about the apostle saying, I wish you could all prophesy. That's his wish for people. It says, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues, unless someone interprets what you're saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. Again, we're talking about tongues and the interpretation in tongues. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. If the burglar doesn't sound, the, uh, sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? It is the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you're saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. Yet this is a gift from God. This is just further instruction, right? 
Because it would be better that we have the opportunity to have people receive the gospel than get weirded out and feeling uncomfortable and they're not able to receive the gospel. Because if they can receive the gospel, then they can receive the word of God over time, and then they too can begin to understand how these giftings work. So you may hear someone sometime speaking in tongues. It would be better, according to Scripture, that that person take the time with another person to prophesy over them than it would be to speak in, a, in that kind of language. And particularly people who are not in the body of Christ, who have not received this kind of teaching. Some of you are in this room right now, you've never heard this teaching before. I'm telling you, this is something that will empower you as the believer to walk in the authority that God has given to you. 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. So he starts off by saying, I'd rather you do this than that. But oh, by the way, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you do. But he knows how to do that and when to do that. You see what I'm saying? So as you're going through this stuff, A, don't feel comfortable when people are out of bounds a little bit. We'll take care of all that. Okay, and if you are out of bounds, don't be offended. Just say, okay, no, that's good, that's good. No, I'll, I just want to learn. I just want to apply myself. Awesome, great. Yeah, we want you to do that. So just kind of keep all that stuff in mind as you're working through these gifts. Find the gift that's most appropriate for the situation you're in. Learn to walk in those things more naturally than formally, and I'll tell you, it makes all the difference in your life. I want to end with this uh, scripture here. Uh, I'm just going to go with the Acts one here. Um, actually, no, let's read the Romans one first. Romans 12, 6 through 8. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given to you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach them well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you a leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So what this is saying is, in addition to the nine gifts, there's also things you're gifted in. Does that make sense? So there's the gifts to operate in, but he also understands, listen, you're going to be a little bit stronger in this area, you're going to be a little bit stronger in that area, but the same nine gifts get to be in operation in all of those administrations or all those other gifts. I'm going to close with this scripture here, and it says in Acts 2.17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people you got to realize this is not for the elite. This is not for just the, those that, you know, are, are special. You're all special in God's eyes. And his will is that in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And I'm telling you, I'm longing for that day. I'm longing for the day where it's not just human effort that leads the body of Christ. I'm longing for the day for when the Spirit of God can take over. But I also recognize that if I expect the Spirit of God to take over, I have to be able to operate in the gifts that He has so that that can be distributed in the way that it's going to happen. You see, God's already done all He's going to do. He's in a finished work. He's seated in heavenly places. Jesus is seated with Him. 
Their work is done. All they want to do now is work through us. You are God's hands. You are God's feet. And if the glory of God is to come, it is going to come through us. But the only way that gets to happen is if we understand the nine gifts of the Spirit and we get comfortable with those. And they're not so formal anymore. And it becomes a walk with God. And it's such a beautiful demonstration of His will. And it's no longer me who lives or you who lives. But it's the Christ that's alive in you. And you're living in a supernatural life in a natural world. And the only thing that can happen when you're doing that is you, the light right there, are casting light on darkness. It's almost like you're a little bubble of light. And all those lights that are out there, those little lights start to touch each other. And all of a sudden, one light is, is, is magnified even bigger than it could be because the light is coming together. A thousand to light, guys. A thousand people. But we want you to demonstrate the power of God's word through the gifts and we want you to do it in your own way we want you to know that God is going to pour his spirit upon you and his goal is that it be poured on every person everywhere every tongue every culture you start thinking of all the diversity out there and the wide love and this net that God has cast and he says, listen, anyone who will, just come. Just come. Receive my spirit. You've received the word. Now you got to take that word and apply it in the most powerful way you can. And that's through the nine gifts and through the gifts that God has given you to do those things in your own unique way. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you this morning for your word. And I thank you that your word is the greatest thing that you have ever given to humanity. It is our blueprint to follow and to be led through every stage of life. And I thank you for the miracles. I thank you for the signs. I thank you for the wonders. But even more than that, I thank you for choosing us, God, to be the vessels of your glory. I just thank you, Father God, right now that you speak to the hearts of those, Father God, who need you. Let God speak to your heart. What are those things that you're, you're doing that are outside of God's will for your life? It's okay. It's okay. You're never going to be perfect. But some of you in this room may say, I don't even know who this Jesus is. Well, I want to invite you into this prayer right now. And I want you to all say this prayer together with me. We're going to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, I'd be more than happy to meet you here at the altar this morning, pray with you, help you get a Bible in your hand, help you take that next step. We have many programs here at the church that I can talk to you about as well. But other than that, thank you all for your time this morning, and let's welcome Pastor Barb.